morning is taken from St. John's Gospel and chapter 1. We're going to read the first five verses and then from verses 9 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or husband's will, but born of God. So here at P's and G's this Advent, we've been uh, journeying towards Christmas focusing around the theme of joy. You can't really miss it, can you? We've got it emblazoned across the top of the foyer here at the front of church and on our little Christmas leaflet. It's all about joy. And the angel uh, said to Mary, I bring you news of great joy. The celebration of Jesus is the celebration, in a way, of joy coming into the world. And for many of us, uh, this time of year is a time of great joy. It's a time of fun and excitement. Uh, Maybe you've got family and friends with you or you're going to visit people over the next few days and it's a good time to catch up and rekindle uh, those relationships. Maybe you have joy going to Sainsbury's uh, later on today. My husband is probably there as we speak (laughs) this morning. Maybe you've had joy going out into Princess Street and buying uh, the gifts that you're going to give. Uh, The joy of eating lovely food and singing carol and lights and celebration. But for others of us, uh, this Christmas, or maybe every Christmas, is a stark reminder of those moments in our lives that are less than joyful. Maybe this Christmas, you know there is going to be a gap around your table. Maybe it'll be the first Christmas without somebody that you love. And to be honest, you're dreading that moment. And so for some of us, Christmas can feel like we're walking in darkness. Some of us might feel that we're walking in darkness this Christmas because of something we're struggling with in our own health or in our own lives, or because of the health of somebody close to us as well. Or maybe a relationship isn't in a good place. Your marriage, a friendship, a relationship with with one of your children or somebody in your family. Some of us can just feel like the darkness of the world is weighing on us. The weight of uncertainty that we're experiencing at the moment with the uncertainty of Brexit. Or just maybe you read the news this morning and you heard about uh, another horrendous tsunami uh, in Indonesia. And it can feel like the darkness of the world is weighing upon you. 
Where do we find the joy, the joy of Christmas when we experience this sort of darkness? I think this passage in John 1 speaks right into the heart of the darkness of perhaps our lives, but definitely of this world that we live in. All the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, they tell us the nitty-gritty of the nativity story, the shepherds and the angels and Mary and Joseph and the wise men. And in contrast, I love this passage uh, in John's Gospel, because in John's telling of the Christmas story, he gets right to the heart of who Jesus is. John 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen in his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. It's such a bold and confident statement, isn't it? This is what it's all about. Jesus, the logos, the word became flesh. The message version of the Bible uh, puts it so beautifully when when it says, the word became flesh, flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God became flesh and moved next door. He came among us. John gets right to the heart of the theology of Christmas, the incarnation, Emmanuel. Jesus is God in human flesh and he moved into our time and our place. And we could stop there because that ultimately is the joy of Christmas. The word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. But let's just spend a few moments unpacking this a bit further. And as we do, I hope that firstly we'll see that Jesus shows us God. Secondly, Jesus shows us who we really are. And thirdly, Jesus shows us the way to God. So firstly, this passage shows us that Jesus shows us God. Jesus shows us God. Jesus shows us the family likeness, if you like. In John 14, verse 9, Jesus says to his disciples, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus didn't just resemble God the Father, though. He is God in flesh. The joy in Christmas is that in the person of Jesus, we get to see the Father God through the character, through his character and through his words and through his actions. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. I wonder if somebody in your family resembles you or you resemble somebody in your family. Uh, My two boys, uh, Finian and Zachary, the six years between them, uh, but basically they were the same baby. Uh, When we look back at family albums now, it's really hard to tell the difference uh, between them until they were about one. They They looked so alike as babies. Maybe somebody in your family resembles you, not in looks, but maybe in character or gifts or in personality. My daughter, Alice, she doesn't look like me at all, I don't think. She's blonde and she's got blue eyes. Um, But she is very like I was when I was 12 years old. Uh, We both specialize in organizing people. Um, Her school reports say basically the same sorts of things that my school report said when I was 12. Uh, She has a tendency to worry about really unimportant things like I did when I was 12 uh, and she gets petrified by anything in a film or on TV that is remotely scary. 
were quite similar in lots of ways. In Jesus, we see a family likeness. But Jesus doesn't just show us what God is like, but also as John makes clear here, Jesus himself holds the key to life. Verse 4 of our passage says this, in him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. In him was life, and that light was the light of all humankind. It's an incredible thing. Jesus is life, and that life is the light of all humankind. Jesus is the light who came into the world. Jesus holds the key to life and to true joy. So firstly, Jesus shows us God. But secondly, Jesus shows us who we really are. In uh, my previous job when I lived in Cheltenham, I used to run a lot. I don't run as much here. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's colder or wetter or I'm more busy. Uh, but at first, when I first got into running, I'd run a lot on my own. Um, and then it gradually, uh, I started gathering people uh, who would run with me. And I had a whole group of six formers, because I was a chaplain in a school. Um, and they began to run with me around the streets of Cheltenham um, between nine and ten at night. That's when we used to go out running. Um, I felt a bit like Forrest Gump at times. I don't know if you've seen the film where he starts running around the whole of America and he starts on his own and gradually gathers more and more people. I didn't have as many people as Forrest Gump, but I did sometimes feel a little bit like Forrest Gump. But there was one particular evening uh, that has stuck in my memory. Uh, it was a really cold, wet winter's evening. It was particularly disgusting. And uh, it was chucking it down with rain as we headed out on a five-mile run. And I used to be like, come on, chaps. And they'd be like, mm, come on, let's go. And uh, dragging them around the streets. And every so often, uh, as we were running along the streets, a huge puddle um, would be lit up ahead of us by the street lights uh, along the pavements. And one by one, we'd get to the puddle and like, do a leap across it, um, as though we were doing steeple cross or whatever it's called as well. And we just we must have looked a really funny sight. But every so often, there'd be this little squeal that would come uh, from behind me as somebody in the group didn't quite judge their leap correctly and they'd end up in the muddy puddle covered in muddy water. You see, even though we were running on a lit pavement, there were still dark patches where the light hadn't fully revealed the puddles. Even at this time of year, this time of year which is full of joy and fun and excitement, there is darkness. We live in a dark world, we've already spoken about, which is full of pain and uncertainty and sin. And even though we might have given our lives to Jesus and hope everything's going to be all right, even though we might be trying to follow him, sometimes these puddles of darkness can appear right before us in our path. At times, perhaps, when we're least expecting it, and we can find ourselves stumbling into them, or even sometimes stepping into them deliberately. In John 3, verse 19, we read this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. The word became flesh. 
but people loved the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness. A few weeks ago, um, my youngest child, Finian, came into the, um, the kitchen while I was cooking dinner, and I just looked at him, and I said to him, Finian, have you been eating chocolate right before dinner? No, he replied, all sort of innocent and wide-eyed. Finian, you have, I said. He had chocolate around his mouth. And he was like, I haven't, mummy, I haven't eaten chocolate. And so I suggested to him that he go and look in the mirror and then come back and tell me whether he'd eaten chocolate. And he promptly went off to the bathroom, came back again and went, all right, I've been eating chocolate. And we cleaned him up. Jesus shows us who we are. He shows us the great bits about us. He shows us how much he loves us. He shows us our gifts and who he has made us to be. But he also reveals to us the messy bits of our lives, the bits like those puddles in the darkness that we can trip into, or the bits like the chocolate on the face that are there and that we deny really exist. The word became flesh. Jesus came into the world and shines a light into our lives and also into this world and into the whole of his creation, into the darkness and the messy bits. So for each of us, when we follow Jesus, we need to be ready to bring into the light even those things that we hold back from him, even those things that are in darkness that we'd rather not look at, that we'd rather not have exposed, that we would prefer to stay in the dark. And as things are brought into the light, maybe our sin, maybe our own pain, maybe the things that we're struggling with, maybe the uncertainty and the brokenness of this world, Jesus shines his light into those things. But this isn't the end, because the third point is that Jesus shows us the way back to God. Jesus shows us the way to God. Jesus is the light, and John tells us in this passage that the light shows us the way. I love the program on the BBC. I'm sure I've spoken about this before. I am a bit obsessed with it. Uh, it's about the RNLI called Saving Lives at Sea. I love that. I quite love the RNLI, actually. Uh, and in one episode, uh, we follow the crew of a, a lifeboat in Wales uh, as they scan these coastal cliffs looking for a lady who had gone out for a walk about 20 hours previously. She's a local. She knows this area well. And she went out for a walk 20 hours before and hasn't been seen since. So obviously, they're really concerned for her well-being. And we see as they, the lifeboat people uh, skillfully maneuver the lifeboat along the rocky coves of this really treacherous uh, part of the, of the Welsh coast. And they, as they do so, they're scanning the cliffs with this huge spotlight, trying to pick out any movement or, or color that might indicate where this woman is. And after a while, uh, to everybody's relief, uh, this huge spotlight picks out this woman uh, stranded halfway up a cliff where she's fallen. <clears throat> the purpose of that spotlight was to locate and find that lost woman. But that's not where it ended. Because actually, as you watch the program, the RNLI then have to train that spotlight on that woman. And that brings in all the other uh, rescue emergency services to actually get that woman off the cliff. The light guides them to complete the rescue. The light found the lost woman 
and then the light made her rescue possible. Jesus is the light who shows us the way to God so that we can be saved from ourselves and from the darkness of this world. John says this, the true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus seeks us out and he saves us. And he gives us the right to be called children of God. And that's the joy of Christmas. That's why the joy of Christmas is that Jesus the light has come into the world. But also the joy of Christmas is that it doesn't end there. It doesn't end just with the word becoming flesh, but it continues through. It continues right to the cross of Jesus and the resurrection where Jesus ultimately claims the victory over sin and darkness and death. So that now for each of us, living as children of God, we can live in that victory. We can know the love of Jesus in our lives. We can know his peace and his light. We can know the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, healing us and restoring us. And so ultimately, the joy of Christmas, the joy of the word becoming flesh, is wrapped up in these incredible words from John in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness hasn't overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness hasn't overcome it. Christian writer Henri Nguyen puts it beautifully when he says this. Joy is the experience of simply knowing that you are unconditionally loved by God and that nothing, no sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. That is joy.